in uh, Luke chapter number three today. Luke chapter number three. As you're getting there, let me let me pray for us and um, ask that the Lord would, would come and, and speak through me and to us. Lord, we thank you so much that you have have left us uh, both the Word and the Spirit. You did not leave us alone. Um, and Lord, I, I really believe you did not, um, you wanted to leave us both, the Word and the Spirit, uh, so that we can be, have, have something written from you to us, um, but also the Spirit who is our teacher, our helper, our admonisher, our encourager, and at the same time, fully God within us. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. This is, this is your word. This is what you uh, put together for us. So um, as, I, as I speak, use me. I use, use, use my voice however you want. Speak through me to us this morning. And um, let us see uh, something that we may not have seen before that can... Um, Help us, encourage us, and strengthen our work. Walk with you, in Jesus' name, Amen. All right. Well, before we get into the scripture this morning, just real quick, um, we're going to be doing uh, Advent. Advent is coming up starting next week. Uh, we'll have the Advent candles again and and uh, Advent readings each week. So um, be ready because we're going to call on some of you all, give you some notice, and give you the um, Advent reading for the week and. Um, hopefully a, a working lighter to, to light the candles because it's really bad when they get up there and go and it doesn't happen. So, um, but that's coming up next week. So this week I'm going to kind of get into the Advent series and just um, uh, more of a, a preparation from where we're going. Um, so let me, let, me, I tell you, let, me, let me introduce it this way. <clears throat> Um, if you if you look in uh, verse twenty one, Luke three twenty one, okay. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized, and while he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven, "You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased." I'm not going to read all these, but look, then he, Luke immediately goes in from, you are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. In verse 23, when he began his ministry, Jesus was about 30 years old, <clears throat> being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Eli, the son of Mathat, going on down, down, down to verse 38, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Was as I was looking at the, this week, that really struck me how God declares him, this is my beloved son at Jesus' baptism, and then immediately goes into, the, the, he is the son of Joseph, the son of um, uh, Eli, Mathat, the Melchi, the Jani, Joseph, all right, then immediately goes in, and it ends up the son of Adam, the son of God. 
right? Sonship, inherit, genealogy is important to God and it needs to be, I believe that the Lord has a lot to say to us um, in the Advent season, right, about the genealogy. And here's what I'm specifically meaning, what I'm going to talk about. There are, um, a, there's about six really major covenants in the Old Testament. Okay, we're not going to go through every single one, but several of those is, there is a son aspect to those covenants. Okay? And those covenants all prefigure, they all prophesy, they all look forward to Jesus. Anybody know what those are? Let's, let, me, let, me go, let me go through them real quickly, okay? Because um, these, these, are, these are basic, very basic Old Testament, looking forward to New Testament concepts, okay? So you've, you've, number one, you've got the Adamic covenant, all right? The Adamic covenant. This is um, uh, the big theological word that, that I, I like to toss out to everybody. The Proto-Evangelium. Right? That is the first gospel was given with the Adamic covenant. In, uh, in Genesis 3, remember Adam and Eve both sinned. And God said, the, the, one of their sons, your, the, the seed of the woman, will crush the head of the serpent. Right? There's going to come a seed, there'll be a certain son that comes along who will crush the head of the serpent, the Adamic covenant. The next you have, and I think I heard Penny mention it, you have the Abrahamic covenant. You have the son of Abraham. Remember? Abraham had, this is, this is great. Um, right, so, in, in, we'll, we'll see this a little bit later. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but that's okay. In Genesis 22, right, you have Abraham taking his son, who is what? Who's the, who's the promised kid? Isaac. He, you have taking Isaac to go sacrifice Isaac. And it, it repeatedly says, he took his son, his only son. Wait a second. Was Isaac his only son? No. Who, who was his other son? Ishmael. Ishmael. Right. But is it his only son, his only one. He took the promised the promise child. So you've got the Abrahamic covenant. The this, this seed of Abraham will, will, will bless the nations, right? And we know from Genesis, who is that seed? Who's the seed? And I'm sorry, from, from Galatians? Jesus, thank you. The seed of Abraham will bless the nations. Jesus is that promised seed. <clears throat> I'm... I'm uh, there, there was one I, I missed in between those two. Um, there is a covenant with Noah. Right? What, what did God say with Noah? Yep. He put, the rain, he, he put his bow in the sky, right? Which, it's really interesting. The, the word is actually, it is, he put his bow in the sky. 
And we think, oh, it's the rainbow, which is, is true. But the idea is he took his bow, right? He, he hung it up. He put his bow in the sky and said, I'm never going to flood the earth again. Right? So you've got Adam, you have Noah, you have Abraham. David. That's, that should be the next one. Nope, nope. You have one. You have one more before David. Moses. Thank you. Thank you, Ruth. There is a promise from Moses in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 32. 32. 18. Sorry. Deuteronomy. Boy, I'm now. There's a promise from Moses, right, that there will be a prophet like him that God will raise up. Remember this? There'll be a prophet. God will raise up a prophet like me. Listen to him. Remember when, when, um, when John the Baptist comes on the scene and they, they say, Who are you? Are you the prophet? Remember that? Who are they talking about? The prophet like Moses. Are you the prophet that we're supposed to listen to like Moses? No, I'm not. Then you've got the Davidic covenant. What was, what's the covenant with David? I'm going to sit a son on your throne. right? And his kingdom will be forever. Is that five? It's five. Yeah. One more. This is this is this is a big one. This is pre, this is before Jesus. We do have a covenant with Jesus, but this is before Jesus. This is the new covenant, Jeremiah. Jeremiah thirty-one. Okay, also in Ezekiel. We'll talk about John the Baptist here in just a minute. Jeremiah thirty-one. Uh, is the new, this is the new covenant. I'm going to make a new covenant with you. And Ezekiel says, I'm going to put a new heart in you. I'm going to put my spirit within you. Right? And, and Jeremiah says, um, you won't have to tell your neighbor because all your, the neighbors will all know him. I'm going to make a new covenant. And this, of course, is talking about the covenant that Jesus makes in his own blood. Okay? We can't, we can't talk about all of those in Advent, but we're going to hit we're going to hit a number of them, right? But let's get let's get back to our passage this morning, okay? I wanted to just kind of toss that out. That's for for all of you guys who who like um, digging deep and getting get the notes in there. I want to toss that toss that out for you. All right, so John the Baptist he comes baptizing uh, in water. Now remember, John the Baptist. Um, uh, he is Jesus' cousin. Um, he, he, he comes out, and he, he looks a little strange. He's wearing camel hair. He's, he's uh, wearing you know, rough clothes. He's eating locusts and honey. He comes out from the wilderness, and all of a sudden, he's calling everybody out into the, to the Jordan River to be baptized. And he, he tells them, you guys are all sinners. You all have all messed up. And you need to repent because the, the Messiah is coming. Messiah is on the way. He, he's right behind me. Uh, he, he's coming. And let me tell you what, you're either going to get 
dunked in the water or you're going to get burned in fire. That's what he says. All right? By the way, if you get dunked in water and held there, what, do you, what happens? You die, right? If you get in the fire, what happens? You die. Either one is death, okay? John the Baptist comes and come and, and come for repentance. Right? And all, it says that all of um, Jerusalem was, they were all coming out to him. And then, the, you know, the Sadducees and Pharisees would come and question him. But then along comes Jesus. And he comes to the Jordan. And he says, John, baptize me. And John says, no, 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 no. You baptize me. And Jesus says, no. Permit it for now. Baptize me. Jesus goes into the water. John baptizes Jesus. And it says that the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And God the Father says, you are my beloved son, which actually, beloved there, it can also mean, when it's talking about a son or a daughter, it, means on, it can mean only. You are my only son, in you I am well pleased. You're my only son, in you I am well pleased. Now, God sent his son to identify with us. And I believe this is, this is the, one of the main points of the whole passage about, about John's baptism. Okay, is showing that Jesus is identifying with us. God sent his son, it's very important that we understand, that is, it, this is God's son, this is his only son, this is, the, this is the son of his love. This is, this is the apple of his eye. He sent him to identify with us. How is it that he identifies with us? How is it that when God's sending the person of Jesus, how does the person of Jesus identify with us? We're talking about Remember, we're talking about a God here, okay? It is the God, not just a... But, you know, they, they had different myths and where, where gods would have, have kids and, you know, they... And some of them were good and some of them were nasty and they... Right? But this is talking about the only God of heaven sending His Son. And the only reason, I believe, He sent His Son in human form is to identify with the people he came to save. <clears throat> so how, how does he identify with us? Number one, he identified with our flesh. Okay, and when I mean in flesh, I'm not talking about our, our sinfulness. What I, you know, Paul uses flesh kind of in that sinful nature. What I'm meaning is he became a 100% red-blooded male person. Okay. If he, if he, you know, he was, he was a builder. If he happened to take a hammer and whack his thumb, it hurt. If he stubbed his toe, if he got it caught on a thorn, it hurt. It ripped his flesh. He was not a, a 
God in, in such that he was above being hurt. Jesus was a flesh and blood person. And being flesh and blood, he identifies with us. We have flesh and blood problems. Okay, some of those things, you know, there are, there are basic needs that we have as humans. We, we need to eat and drink, right? We need, we need shelter. We need human interaction. You know, there's, there's a number of things that we as humans, we have, to, we have to have these things in order to be able to survive. Jesus needed all of those things. In order to survive as a human, he needed to eat. He needed to drink. He needed to have the shelter over his head. He couldn't be totally exposed to the elements all the time. He, he needed the human interaction. He needed everything that we need. He needed. So anything that you need that you're not getting that you need as a person, he knows what it's like to need those things. Some people, it's, it's as basic as, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I don't know what I'm going to eat today. I don't have good water. I don't have something to drink. In the, here in, in this country, we pretty well have enough food to go around. But there are definitely places in the world that they don't. And there are people on the streets that everyone, you know, like I said, there's, there's help out there. There's a lot of help. But there are people on the street that they don't always know where their next meal is coming from. Jesus knew what it was like to need food, to be hungry. Some of us have hurts in our flesh, okay? We have wounds. We have we have things that have happened to us. We've, we've uh, been in accidents. We've had injuries. And every once in a while, especially when the weather changes, you go, ooh. Jesus knew what it was like to hurt. Jesus knew what it was like to... to um, now, remember, it, it doesn't talk about his hurts so much before the cross. But we know that at the cross, they beat him senseless. They beat him to the point that they could not recognize him. They put a, cro a, a crown of thorns on his head. They used a cat of nine tails on his back and ripped his flesh to the point that it, he, he, was, he was basically filleted open. He knew, he knew what it was like to hurt. And let me tell you, the needs that we have in our flesh. And again, meaning flesh, when I'm not talking about sinful needs, okay? What I am talking about is what we need, flesh and blood. Jesus understands. And if there is a need that you have in your flesh, you can go to Jesus because he identifies with us in our flesh. Amen. 
he also identifies with us in our sin. Now let me make a major make a major theological point here. Jesus never sinned. Okay? I want everybody to under, hear that, understand. Jesus did not sin. He was sinless. He went to the cross sinless. Okay? Did everybody hear that? Okay. So when I'm saying he identified in our sin, remember, like I said, um, he went and had John the Baptist baptize him for repentance. Jesus did not need to repent. What did he need to repent of? But I believe what he did is he came to John the Baptist and he said, I need you to baptize me because he wanted to identify with us and say, look, you all are in sin. I'm going to get in your business. I'm going to get in here and I'm going to be tempted just like you. In any way that you can be tempted, Jesus was tempted. In any way that you can, can, can come across something that will cause you to sin, Jesus came across something that, that could have caused him to sin, and he didn't. But he got into the water just like everybody else to say, look, I'm one of you. Sinless but I'm one of you. I'm one of you. I'm somebody who, who I'm going to get in your place. I'm going to get right where you are. I'm going to show you the way. So let me, let me tell you, God sent his son to identify with us even in our sin. Again, he was not a sinner but he wanted to identify with us so that when we blow it, he does not want to be a God that is so far off that, that you can't say, God, I messed up today. I beat my wife. I kicked the dog. I stole a candy bar from the store. He wants to be a God that we can come to him and say, Lord, I know that you were tempted in every way, and I, I was tempted, da, 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 and I accepted every single one of them today. He wants to be a God that we can come to him with our sin, not hide our sin from him. We, we, tend, we tend to be like Adam and Eve, and we have our, we, we have our sin, and we hide it and say, Lord, don't look at that like he can't see it anyway. No, he wants to be a God that we come to him with our sin. Sometimes he comes to us and says, where are you? Why do you, why, why do you, have, those loin, why do you have those leaves covering you? Take the leaves off and say, I blew it. He is a God that identifies with us because he knows what it's like to be tempted and we need to be able to go to him and say, this is the ways that I have sinned. Whether that is 
big sins, little sins, sins from the past, sins from five minutes ago, sins of the mind, sins of omission, commission, any ways that you can blow it, he identifies with us so that we can go to him and say, Lord Jesus, I did X, Y, and Z. I, I stole. I had bad thoughts. I, had, I, um, I, uh, I gossiped about somebody. I, I told a lie. I, 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 you know, whatever it might be, we can go and we should go to him with our sin. Because he understands. He understands what it's like to be tempted. And even though he said no to all of the temptation, he felt it. Because if he did not feel the temptation, he actually wasn't tempted. He was tempted like us. God identified with us in his flesh as being a human and a sin. You know, he also identified with our emotional hurt. I mentioned fleshly hurts, right? But we get injured in more than just our flesh. I, I was thinking about this. You know, um, Jesus goes into the, into the Jordan, um, and then he go, come, when he comes out, he starts his ministry. How many people believed in him? Think about the, the, the number of, let me, th- let me put it this way. Think about the people who did not believe in him. He lost his dad at an early age. Right? We don't know when Joseph died, but it's pretty apparent that that by the time Jesus was 30, Joseph was gone. We know that throughout his ministry, uh, until, until after Jesus was crucified, his brothers didn't come in. His brothers didn't believe in him. We know his disciples, his closest friends, he continually had to say, you have little faith. Do you still not believe yet? Why did you doubt? Even when he died, they're going, well, I guess that's it. We'll have to find somebody else. Right? Is that what it says? That's my paraphrase, but that's, that's it, right? They, they still didn't get it. How do you think that made Jesus feel? From to say, Lord, God told me this. This is who I am. And for his brothers to say, you're nuts. For his disciples to go, um, you know, Jesus says, well, it's time to go to Jerusalem. And they go, no, 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 you don't. For Peter to, to say, Lord, no, no, you're not going to go give your life. And Jesus to look at Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. He knows what it's like to suffer internally, to have people ridicule him, 
to have people say lies about him. Remember at his trial, right? They, they continued to, they brought a whole bunch of false witnesses against him. He knows what it's like to have that internal pain and suffering so that when we have that internal pain and suffering, we have somebody to go to. Again, we're not going to a, a God who is far off, although He is holy and He is awesome and He is incredible. We're going to a God who says, I have been in your shoes. Maybe more appropriately, I've been in your sandals. I've been there. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to, for somebody to reject me. I know what it's like for someone to curse me. I know what it's like for someone to ridicule me. I know what it's like to lose a, a, a family member, a parent, and, and to, to lose people that I love. I know what it's like. When you're in that position, come to me. Because I've been there. God sent his son to identify with us so that we can go to him. You know, he, Louis also sent his son to identify with us and that he, he identifies with the longing and the waiting. Anybody in here God's given promises to that you haven't seen yet? I'll, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. God's given a promise to and you're going, Lord, did I, did I miss it? Did I miss you? Did I hear you right? Did you really give me, did you really say that? Because it's been, it's been a while and I ain't seen it yet. What about Jesus? Can you imagine being the son of God and having to wait till you're 30? Being in the temple at 12, right? And the, and the priests and everybody going, man, this guy's bright. He's really smart. And his parents coming along saying, where were you? Didn't you know I should be in doing my father's business? They probably were tempted to do, um, whoosh, right? I don't know whether they did or not, but I know I would be. What, what are you doing, kid? At 12, and yet he waited till he was 30 to be able to start his ministry. The whole, the whole point of the Old Testament is awaiting. There's a promise. There's a promise that Jesus has. You know, can, can you imagine... They're waiting for John to start baptizing in the river, going out to him. And, and all of a sudden, people are saying, hey, this is the king. In fact, at one point, they're saying, this is the prophet. Let's make him king. Let's do it by force. We're going to take him. We're going to make sure. We're going to dethrone Herod, and we're going to make Jesus king instead. He's going to go, and he's going to whip up on the Romans, and he's going to set us free. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. No, I got to wait on that because I got I got a baptism to undergo, and not this baptism. The other one, which meant he went to the cross and died. 
right? No, let's wait. He can identify with our waiting. There's things that, that he's put into our hearts that he said, this is something good for you in the future, but wait. He can identify so that we can go to him and say, Lord, it's so hard to wait. Did you, did you really say that? Did, 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 I, did I hear correctly? Are you really going to do this? My heart's longing for this. Lord, is it, is it there yet? He can identify with us in our waiting. And he wants us to be able to come to him. God sent his son to identify with us so that no matter what we are going through, he wants you to come to him with your problems, with your pain, with your sin, with your hopes, with your waiting. He wants you to be able to come to him no matter what it is so that you can come and you can lay before him and that you can receive from him because he's been there. It's a lot easier to receive from someone who's been there. Right? Someone who, uh, you know, if I can, um, you know, people, people who have, been in the wilderness. People who have, for me, people who have been a pastor for many years, who've gone through the struggles, gone through the, the uh, stuff that all the stuff that happens in a church. For me, it's a lot easier to to talk to you know John Alley or to talk to Papa Tony and have him say and have, have him say, son, this is what's going on. God's going to take care of it. This is what you need to do. If I talk to somebody who's just, you know, out of, out of, you know, out of high school or in college, I'd be going, you know what, you don't have the experience. Maybe God's saying something to you, and I, I can listen to that, but it's a lot easier for me to receive from someone who's been there and done that and been in, in ministry for 40 years, right? Jesus has been there. He's been in our shoes. And we can come to him with, with all of our problems, all of our needs. Let me... Um, can you hear me? Yes. Can I share something? Of course. I guess I'm all nervous. <coughs> it's getting all hot, so I'm not going to sing it. There's a scripture that goes right along with this that the Lord gave me yesterday, I think it was. Isaiah 30, 18. <coughs> Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. That's good. Blessed are those who wait for him. Let's... um. If you, 
if you if you want this info later, I'll I'll share it with you. But I think it's not. I don't want to go that direction now. It's um, I believe in this little passage, 21 and 22. You can see all the covenants, all the covenants I just talked about, the Adamic, the Noahic, the Abrahamic, the um, prophet like Moses, the um, the Davidic. Um, the New Covenant, all of those are in those two verses. And, um, look for him. Look for him. God identifies with a man, right? Um, there's two, two sons of Abraham, and yet it's uh, he's quoting here his only son right that's also out of Psalm 2 you've got Moses with the um, Jordan River Moses doesn't get to go across the Jordan Jesus does right you've got the um, the dove Where, where's the dove found in scripture the most the place the place it's found the most is with Noah he sent out a, a he sent out a dove Right when he's on the water, and this death comes when Jesus is in the water. Right, you've got the dove coming as the Holy Spirit, the new covenant. Okay. God shows that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the covenants. He does that. He he make he, he has his son because he wants to identify with us in all of our needs. Every single one of our needs. So, I'm going to pray in just a second. But um, as I do, I want you to look at your look at your heart, examine your heart. If there is a need that you have that you have not yet submitted to the Lord, you should open your heart up to Him. Maybe that's a need that you're like, I oh, know, I God that's too small for God or it's too big for God or maybe maybe it's a sin that you have been hiding from God maybe it's a you haven't felt comfortable going to the Lord saying Lord I'm really longing for this this promise I, I really felt like I need I need that I I've, but you haven't yet been able to just talk that over to, with the Lord maybe it's, maybe it's a pain or a hurt whether that's emotional or, or physical and uh, that's not quite all taken care of yet. He wants you to know he can come, you can come to him today with all of the pain, all the hurts, all the hopes, all the longings. He's here. So let's, let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much that you are a God who loves, 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 loves us. You loved us so much that you sent your son, your only son, your beloved son, the apple of your eye. You left complete utopia in order to come and live in the dust with us. Thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, I 
pray for each person here today. Lord, I pray that you will enable us to come to you with all of our praises, all of our hurts, all of our hopes, all of our prayers. Lord, let us bear our souls before you because you've been there. Help each person here. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will uh, show us anything in our hearts that we've not given over to you. Whether that's a sin, a pain, or even something good that we've not that we're, we've been hiding from you in some way. Holy Spirit, shine a light within us and show us if there's something that we have not totally given over to you. Show us if there's something in us that maybe is a hurt or something that's holding us back from fulfilling your complete destiny for us that you want to heal if we'll just bring it and lay it down before you. Maybe it's a sin you want to take away. You're saying just, just bring it and lay it down. Lord, I pray that each one of us will be able to do that and we'll hear from you. Lord, I bless each person here, their family. I bless them in the name of the Lord. Bless them with your protection, with your provision, with your hope, with your goodness, with your grace. Lord, I, I pray that you'll go before them, that you'll be their rear guard that nothing will come near to them to harm them in any way. Lord, I also take the opportunity to bless the food. Thank you for all the hands that have prepared it. Lord, let it be good and healthy and well for us. And Lord, thank you for this family. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the, um, the camaraderie, the unity. Lord, I pray that you'll give us more more of all that good stuff. And Lord, add to our number. Bring us more family members. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.